recommitments to Jesus, so that's it's all good. It's fine. We can we can go a little bit longer sometimes, you know. Just push it out the old forty minutes, you know. Sometimes Kelly's like sometimes, but I just compare it to Heidi Baker. I'm like we're nowhere near that, so that's fine. Heidi's worshiping for like three hours, and then then the sermon starts, and then you worship again, and it's just the Sabbath the whole day, you know. That's fine. We've got things to do, places to be, right? <laughs> All right, let's preach the Bible. Psalms 105, verse 1 to 4. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him. See, that's why we want to sing songs, mate. Sing to Him. Sing praises to Him. Tell of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name. We had a moment of glory this morning. Just a corporate moment of just presence of God was just, wow, okay, God's here. We know he's always here theologically, but it's just great to experience it. and Amazing. Glory in his name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. This is your first key tonight. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord. Hearts of those who seek the Lord. We have to have a heart to seek the Lord. Amen? Not just to get saved, but we have a heart to seek the Lord. Rejoice. Seek the Lord and His strength. I don't know if there's anyone in the room who needs strength tonight. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence on Sundays. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. Wow, what a beautiful word. I love the Bible. Seek His presence continually. There's an amazing uh, partnership right here of seeking the Lord's strength and being in the presence of God continually. Those two are actually really uh, connected. I believe that in the New Testament and the New Covenant, we have a beautiful privilege to actually continuously seek the Lord, to continuously encounter the Lord, to continually be in His presence. Yep. Jesus said it was a thing called abiding, which means to remain as one, to continue to be present. And Jesus has actually put us in this place of abiding, of being the branch connected to the vine, where we get to be in 24-7 presence of God. Yeah? The presence is not something that we're meant to visit every now and then to feel good or go to a special meeting to encounter the presence of God. We should know the presence of God continually. We should be aware of the presence of God continually. Our lives would look dramatically different. Queenstown would look dramatically different. Your workplace would look dramatically different if we were all continually looking and seeking the presence of God. I don't know how many people who, who think this is normal, but to go into your workday, God, what do you have for me today? To go into a conversation, God, what are you saying? What do you, what do you, what do you want to do today? What is on your heart? Uh, you're going out for coffee. You're mowing the lawns. God, what's on your heart? I just want to commune with you. I just want to know you. Because I believe that God is wanting to invade more than our God time. He's wanting to invade even more than just the devotional time we set aside each day or once a week. God wants to invade our lives. God wants to be present in our lives on a 24-7 basis. And I love how the Old Testament has set up for a New Testament reality that we get to seek His presence continually because God is continually with us. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Um, I, I, I preach this way, and it's a big, big deal on my heart, but I, I want people to encounter the presence of God. I want people to be aware of God on a constant basis, because I think it's our privilege as New Covenant believers to actually have that. People constantly tell me that you can't continually be conscious of God, but yet we are continuously conscious of fear, 
We're continually conscious of problems. We're continually conscious of anxiety. We are continually conscious of all our worries and all our fears and everything that's going on in the world. We are continually, yeah, continually conscious of who's posting what at what time. I'm continually conscious of reels if I want to do that. I'm continually conscious of just, I've been uh, fixated on something, Fast and Furious 9. I could continually watch that if I wanted to. So we, we, we can be continually conscious of all these other things, but when it comes to the presence of God, apparently that's weird and abnormal and not something we can really do. Not true, right? Just little quick little truth that Jesus says, I've come to make my home in you, not my hotel. Jesus said, I've come to make my home in you. What is a home? Home is a dwelling place. A hotel is somewhere you visit occasionally. We don't live a Christian life that has occasional visitations. We're meant to live with God. We have become the temple of God. We are His dwelling place. God has made us His home, not a hotel. Yeah? One of my favorite things to do is, is when people first get saved is, is when they come into the presence of God, they come into church and they encounter God. And like when I come here, I feel great. And that's awesome because I believe that God uses that. But it has to shift from that to know when I go, God goes with me presence-centered life, that God is with me. It's not just about a place I come to. I have become the place that God comes to and stays, right? When the Spirit of the God came upon Jesus, it remained. It remained. That was the start. That was the initiation of the new covenant. When Jesus shed His blood, He wanted to remain with His people. He didn't want to come and use them for an activity and then leave, that's all through the Old Testament. He would come upon someone and they would do something and then off, on, off, on, off, on. Katy Perry's words, you're hot and you're cold, you're yes and you're no, you're up and you're down. All right, come on. Just trying to help you guys just lighten up a little bit. But this is good news tonight, right? God is with us, amen? So we're not living in moments of refreshing, but we are in a life lived with, my wife, are you leaving, babe? Okay, I guess if anyone wants to give me a ride home, that'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> Just talking about home, and Kelly's like, I'm out. That's fine. That's great. <laughs> um, wow, that threw me. It's all right. I'm preaching okay, hey, guys. I'm preaching okay. When my wife, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so just please, affirmation right now, because I'm like, why is my wife leaving? Why is my wife leaving? It's okay. Is there something I said? Is there something I did? No, it's fine. You're okay. It's, it's not you. Don't take it personally. Okay, Corey, I won't yet. All right, whew, how's that? That's what goes on my head all the time, so just welcome, welcome to my world, guys, welcome to my world. Uh, so we are meant to be living in Him. Uh, Paul says that in Him we live, move, and have our being. I love that Jesus even had a habit of drawing strength from the presence of God. Even though He was God Himself, He was a man, uh, fully God, fully man, uh, but it said that He had a habit of going to the garden. Jesus had a habit of withdrawing and going to the garden to pray, to, to be strengthened in the presence of God. Um, Jesus himself, the Son of God, would withdraw and be strengthened in the presence of God. Even in the garden before the crucifixion, he was spending time with God and an angel came and ministered to him, strengthened him. So we need to understand that when we get in the presence of God, it actually brings us strength. A lot of us don't feel strong in these times, but a lot, of, a lot of it is to do with our lack of presence. 
and not lack of presence because it's not available to us, but lack of presence because we don't put a high priority on it and we don't actually even believe that we can enter into it whenever we want. What a privilege. Like what a privilege and what an honor that we actually get to enter into the presence of God because of what Jesus has done. The Bible says that we come in boldly, not timidly, not I'm not sure if I'm allowed to be here. You're not gate crashing. You have been invited in. Amen. Come on, even Jesus had a habit of withdrawing and getting into the presence of God. Can I just, just remind you to, today that Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings are not going to be enough for you to feel strong. They're important. They're good for us together as a community to be encouraged, to be strengthened, to encounter God. But you can't live off a couple of events a week. You have to have your own intimate relationship where you are entering into the presence of God and drawing strength from Him. Amen, Corey. Come on. But I believe that at the moment there is a lot of distraction to get us to draw strength from another source. Or even worse, to try and get us tired and beat down. Like there is a lot of distraction at the moment that could shift my focus where I could continuously, instead of being aware of the presence of God and what God is doing, I can be continually aware of all the problems, all the things that are going on in my life. Can I just, this, this might help someone today, but um, you can still be a Christian and unfollow people. You can still be a Christian and love people and not give people the time to speak negativity, to speak fear, to speak anxiety, to speak worry and concern into your life. Um, unfortunately, I had someone who sent a message to my wife um, that, that had the potential to uh, bring anxiety and fear. Um, and that's not cool. And you can still be a Christian and love someone and say, hey, I don't want to hear that. You're not being loving because you sit there and listen to someone just spew out fear and negativity. Because whether we like it or not, that stuff can affect us. And so I'm just, just throwing that out there tonight that I have done it myself and just giving you, if you needed someone to go first, you have permission to ignore some voices. If it's not producing faith, hope, if it's not shifting your attention to Jesus, if it's not making you conscious of the presence of God, but it's just getting your eyes distracted and fixated on all the problems, all the heavy stuff, you can actually say, hey, I choose not to listen to you. I love you, but I don't have to listen to you. Amen. And we can still be friends, but I won't see any of your stuff on Facebook. <laughs> Come on. Come on. We don't have time to get distracted, right? So there's a, there's, a, there's a thing in us that wants to distract us and get us to put our, our strength, our refreshing uh, from other things. I know that when I feel tired or I feel down, I start grasping for a lot of different things. I'm smart enough to know now that when I start feeling that way, no, I need to run to the presence of God. Yes, a holiday would be amazing, but the presence of God would be even better on holiday. <laughs> Amen. I'm not against holidays. They're amazing. I believe they're a gift from God. Come on, we're meant to rest. We're meant to rest. We're meant to feast. We love talking about fasting and all the, all the hard stuff, but we don't like talking about feasting and having good friends and having uh, companions around you that are, you know, that are closer than a brother. We don't, we don't talk about that stuff because we don't think it's Christian, but you're actually meant to enjoy the presence of God. You're actually meant to enjoy uh, some things in life because God's actually put that in there so you can have strength. Amen. Come on. 
I'm just going to be first to say it because I'm a very um, extreme, passionate person, and I can get really intense, and I'm not fun to be around. Like we had this, we had this group that were like, we need to pray and fast um, for so many days, and I'm like, yeah, it sounds so holy, but I checked in with the Lord, and He's like, no, Corey, have a barbecue. Now, this is when people start thinking you're off and you're a false prophet, but no, I was at a place where I needed to be strengthened and refreshed. And going into a fast for seven days, because we're so worried about everything, was not building any faith in me. It was just getting me more fixated on the problem. We've got to get a breakthrough. We've got to get a breakthrough. We've got to get a breakthrough. We've got to be, a, and I'm exhausted, even thinking about it. So I said, no, I feel like the Lord just asked me just to feast and celebrate and have friends around and just have a good time. And that's what I did. And I got refreshed. So <laughs> I knew I'd get an amen on that one. But what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> come on, we need to be, we need to be, Strengthen and refresh in the Lord, amen? The presence of God, it's just, it's just amazing. We need to enjoy those moments. Um, so I want to ask a question tonight. When's the last time you actually just rested and enjoyed the presence of God? I know we're all in church and this should be a no-brainer, but when's the last time that you actually just rested and enjoyed the presence of God? I've been so blessed that we got this house up on the hill and it's got an amazing view. And if you follow me on Facebook, you'll see it every day. And I'm sorry, I'm just so happy. I'm not doing it to make you jealous. I'm just so blessed and so happy. But I get to go out there now and have a coffee and I just sit with God and it's just beautiful. I'm not doing anything. I'm not, and I'm not saying you have to have a house on the hill. I'm just saying, where is that? <laughs> Everyone's like, pray for me, pray for me. No, where's that place that you can go and just enjoy God? Like, is it in Arrowtown? Is it, is it, at, is it at Ferg with, a, with, a, with an ice cream sitting on the, on the lakefront? Is it, is it going hiking? Is it, what is it that you actually get to encounter and enjoy God, enjoy His presence and actually being refreshed? Because I don't know why Christianity has become so uh, dry and boring when we're not actually encountering the presence of God and being refreshed and strengthened, and we're just so focused and worried on all the problems, we're not actually enjoying and being a joy to be around. Amen. Everyone's like, I won't be here next week. I'm going hiking. That's great. Good for you. <laughs> I'll be right there with you. Um, so it's good, right? So when is the last time you just had, had time to enjoy the presence of God? Or do we not even have time for that? Like even sometimes our times where we go to be with God are so much work. Like I get in those sometimes like, what do I say? What do I do? And God's like, well, Corey, if you were hanging out with your wife right now, would you be trying to figure out what do I say? What do I do? <laughs> How do I say the right words? How do I, how do I enjoy this moment? I'm going to wreck it. I always wreck those moments like that. I get really intense and I'm like, I overthink things. And he's just like, can you just be with me? Can you just sit with me and just be with me? Now, there was Martha and Mary, and, and, and this is not a, a message against serving. This is just the, the first thing, the priority is to sit at the feet of Jesus and just enjoy His presence and understand that even in His presence, we are transformed and we're refreshed and things are coming off your life and you don't even know it, but you're just with the Lord. And the Lord is doing something in you. He, he's the potter. We're the clay. And in those moments of His presence, He's just molding us and shaping us and taking things out that don't need to be there. And, and He's exposing lies and giving you truth. And just being in the presence of God is just such a refreshing place to be in. But it's one of the places that we neglect the most. And it's one of the most confusing, um, unclear, um, striving positions that we actually get into. But it's actually meant to be a relationship to be enjoyed. Just going to throw that out there for all the religious people tonight. You can actually enjoy God. It doesn't always have to be hard work. <laughs> you get to be in a relationship with Him, amen? All right, so we were not designed to be in a perpetual place of hopelessness and sitting in the presence of fear, anxiety, 
and worry. We were never designed to be in a perpetual, I don't even know if that's a word, but I wrote it down. I'm like, that sounds really smart. Perpetual means like a continual state, right? Come on. That's from the Holy Spirit. You know I didn't come up with that. Designed to be in a perpetual place of hopelessness, sitting in the presence of fear, anxiety, and worry. We're actually meant to be designed to be in a perpetual place of encountering the presence of God. We're actually meant to be checking in on Him and, and, and being refreshed by Him. It's unhealthy to continually be fed on negativity, doom, and gloom. It's not healthy, guys. We weren't designed to just hear bad news all the time. We're not designed just to, just to hear bad, 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 worry, worry, worry. It's over, it's over, it's over. Doom, 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 gloom, gloom, gloom. That's why the Bible says that the gospel is good news. Come on, there's heaps of Psalms that says, you know, like a word in season is like honey to the soul. And, and there's, just, there's just a goodness that comes when we hear the gospel. There's a, there's a refreshment that comes when we hear the good news that when we get in the presence of God and realize, okay, I still have problems around me, but God is bigger than my issues. I'm focused on Him right now, and I actually feel stronger because I'm focused on who Jesus is and not who I am in the midst of the situation. It actually brings health. Amen. This is why Paul said in Philippians 4, verse 4 to 9, be cheerful. Just turn your name and say, I'm so cheerful right now. Was cheerful a dwarf? Was he one of the seven dwarfs? Cheerful? Happy. Oh, happy, yeah. It's been a while since I've watched it. <laughs> I don't know if you can preach the gospel of Snow White, but you can offline, King. So be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Just giving permission tonight, church. You have permission to be cheerful and joyous and celebrate in every season of life. Wow. Everyone's like, this does not sound like Christianity. This is, this, this, this is God. Come on, guys. This is God. We get to have joy in the midst of different seasons. Difficult seasons, great seasons, growing seasons. We know there's so many different seasons to our life, but we get to be cheerful and joyous and celebrate in every one of them. Why? Because we're not celebrating on how our life's going, we're celebrating Jesus. So we are all, always joyful. We are always celebrating because Jesus has won. No matter what I'm going through right now, no matter what the world looks, Jesus has won so I can be joyful through every season. If I can only be joyful when things are going good, I'm missing the gospel. If I can only be joyful when there's no problems or, or, or moments of growth happening in my life, then I've missed the gospel because the gospel has set me free that I have been led in a victory parade with Jesus because he has defeated every principality power, every principality and power. And he's put him under his feet and we're his body and so we're, we're above them. Jesus is one. Come on, if we live, we're with Him. If we die, we're with Him. It's just, we're, it's just a setup. So we can celebrate in every season. Let joy overflow. Come on, somebody. For you united with the anointed one. What does that mean? I'm in covenant with Jesus. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship. It's amazing. I was listening to something today that um, one of the things that, that was, how do I explain that? that was really uh, wrong was that when people thought that Jesus was coming back and then he tarried and then they started being ungentle to the people around them. Now I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to beat the servant. I'm going to do this and do this. God's not coming back. Jesus isn't coming back yet. And he's saying, hey, no, let gentleness be in every relationship because God is watching. God sees. Come on, we're meant to love people. God loved me. I love you. We're meant to be known by, for our love for each other. So be gentle in every relationship. If that's a word for it. 
today, that's, that's one right there. For our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions. Again, distraction. Or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer. Well, that sounds like work. Well, I question what you think prayer is. Because prayer is not just giving petitions 24-7 a day. Prayer is communion. Prayer is I'm speaking, he's speaking to me, I'm listening, I'm communing with him, I'm in his presence, I'm praying what he puts on my heart. Yes, I'm praying for needs around me, but I'm communing with the Lord. Like prayer is, God, thank you that you love me. Thank you that by your blood you've made me righteous. Thank you that I'm dead to sin and alive to you. Thank you that your presence strengthens me and refreshes me. Thank you, God. You're such a good father. Thank you for fathering me so well. That's prayer. Not, God, I need $10 for the bus this morning. You can pray that. That's fine. But it's more than that. It's more than just petitions. It's communion. And so communi- when I have um, communion with my wife, when I talk to my wife and we have an exchange of, of heart, when we have an exchange of thoughts, when we have an exchange, it does not work for me. Some of our conversations are hard work, <laughs> but that's because of her. <laughs> See, I can say that because she's not here now. But it's not, it's not work, right? It's not work because we're in a relationship. We're in a covenant. So I, 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 commune with, I, I communicate with my wife most, most part all through the day. And I don't do it because, oh, I have, to, I have to talk to my wife. No, I'm in a covenant with my wife. I want to talk to her. I want to hear her. And that's what my life looks like. I'm continually weird. How's Kelly? What's Kelly up to? I don't mean that in a weird way, like a stalker, like I can't trust my wife, but you know what I mean? Let's just move on. Let's get back to the Bible because I'm digging so many holes right now. Okay. Be saturated and peer throughout each day, offering your faithful requests before God with overflowing what? Gratitude, one of the two Watson family values. Thank you. Gratitude. What's the other one? I've forgotten it. <laughs> Gratitude. Gratitude's one of them. Kindness. Sorry. Kindness. Gratefulness. Anyway, we could only come up with two, so we thought if we get these two down, it'll be fine. Flying with gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. This is why you can pray 24-7, guys. I don't know if you like me, but I like to speak. So that's 24-7 right there. I'll tell you every detail of my life, God. Then God's wonderful peace will transcend human understanding, will make the answers known to you through, through honorable and, is this the right scripture? Through Jesus Christ. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on His authentic, real, and honorable, and, oh, sorry, here we go. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real and honorable and admirable, beautiful, and respectful. You love these words? Isn't this great? I don't know if we focus on this stuff, but this is what Paul's telling us to do. Beautiful, respectful, pure, and holy, merciful, and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always, following an example that all that we have imparted to you, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. Amen. It's a crazy translation, but the, the other translation says, whatever's good, whatever's holy, Dwell on these things. Think about these things. And so I just believe that we need to have a reset, a restructure, a refocus, that we are going to concentrate 
on the goodness of God. We're going to concentrate on God's holiness and mercy and kindness. And if we could get fixated on that, that's what Paul says. There's, there's going to be stuff that's going to try and pull your attention, but I want you to focus on what's good. I want you to focus on what's honorable. I want you to focus on people getting baptized. I want you to focus on God moving in your life. I want you to focus on the mercy of God. I want you to focus on your family unit. I want you to focus on your heart being restored. I want you to focus on your maturity. I want you to focus on you growing into Christ-likeness. I want you to focus on the fact that you're growing in intimacy with me. I want you to focus on the fact that I am saving souls. I want you to focus on the fact that I have a plan. I want you to focus... Does that make sense? I could have just kept going, but I thought I'd stop. We're going to focus on those things. That's what God's saying. Hey, get, don't stop getting fixated on the negativity and actually start getting focused on what is good. Yeah? Because the result is, guys, we will not be in a great place. And can I tell you what the result looks like? Jeremiah 17, 5 to 8. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength whose heart turns away from the Lord. Why? Because our heart needs to be towards the Lord. Our heart needs to be towards the Lord. We're seeking the Lord with all our heart. We're seeking His presence continually. We have a heart to seek Him. Yeah? Whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. Why is He not going to see good come, guys? Because He ain't focused on the good. (laughs) He is not focused... And, in, and anticipating and with expectation to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. This shrub is focused on all the bad stuff. He shifted his heart away from God. He shifted his focus from God. And he, now he is fixated on man. He is fixated on man's strategy. He has put his faith and trust in man and how the world's going and how this is happening and where is this going to end up and all this kind of stuff. He's put his focus on man and he's not expecting to see any good. Because it's the Lord that brings the goodness of God in the land of the living. So even if the good come, he would miss it anyway. Just a little vulnerable moment with you today, guys. I, I had to do a behavioral test. You know, one of my highest things that I have to work, in, work on is my criticality. There could be nine things going amazing in my life and one thing, and that's be the one thing that I focus on. Now, I don't know if anyone in this room is like me. Probably not. You guys are all safe. That's fine. But there is a perception that if I don't focus on the good, if I don't focus on what God's doing, I'll get fixated on the one thing that is not going, going well, all right? Some of us wrap that up and call that holiness. We call that religion and that we will just get fixated on the one thing that's wrong rather than focusing on Jesus, who's the only one who can actually fix the one thing. One thing. It's not that you're ignoring the problem. It's just like, no, I can't trust myself and trust man to fix this. I need to look to Jesus. Jesus will come and expose it, heal it, wrap it up, make it whole, amen, right? So you, you don't want to be a shrub in the desert, right? They will not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places. Talk about not refreshed, guys. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness. I don't know if you've ever been around someone who's just dry, a parched place. Like you get around them and you just think, man, I feel like the life just got sucked out of me. I'm not saying, talking about being against people. I'm talking about when you're in a place where all you can see is bad, all you can see is the wrong in everyone and the wrong in everything, you get around them, you're like, man, would it be great for you just to say something positive right now? <laughs> well, unfortunately, a lot of us as Christians are like that. 
Like, if I want to get around a Christian who, who knows that there's stuff going on in the world, but has not put their faith in man, have put their faith in Jesus. And they're like, no, God's got a plan. No, God's, me, God's moving. No, God, God's on the move. Oh, well, the church is declining. No, 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 no. People are getting saved. People are getting baptized. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, yeah, but young people don't care about Jesus. No, there's YWAM, guys. I don't know if you've heard of YWAM, but there are a bunch of young people who pay, pay money to go get sent to another country and preach the gospel. Amazing. And so you can, you can be around a person who's like a shrub, and all they see is wrong, 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 negative, negative, negative. It's all over, over. Or you can get with someone who actually looks to Jesus. And can I tell you what that person looks like? Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. You know why he's trusting the Lord? Because he's seeking the Lord. This person gets with the Lord. This person gets refreshed in the presence of God and gets strengthened. And they're like, I trust the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water. Oh, this sounds way better. I want to hang out with this dude. I want to be with this guy, right? This is good. That sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. Again, it's, it's not the absence of things going on around us. It's they are planted by the river. Their roots are drawing from the stream. They are not a parched bush. I don't know if you've ever tried to light a tree on fire. I had a, I had a great um, childhood where my, my granddad would let me go and burn gorse on the farm until I accidentally burnt a few sheep. They got trapped. But this was amazing. Guys, I don't, I'd never let my kids do this. But he would send us out on the four-wheeler. I was 10 years old. I'm driving a four-wheeler by myself with a box of matches and a fuel can. And I'm burning gorse around all around Arapuki. And the bigger the fire, the better. And it was just like, this is awesome. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so what I can tell you from that is the dry shrub gets burnt really quick. The stuff that's planted next to the water, it can be heat around it, but it doesn't get burnt. This is what happens when you trust God. This is what happens when you get in the presence of God. This is what happens when you become aware of God. I'm by the water, so I'm aware that God is with me. I'm, I'm in all this stuff, but God is here with me. I'm conscious of God 24-7. He's got me. He's with me. I don't fear what's around me. But if I've put, if I've put faith in man and my heart is not to seek the Lord, I'm going to get crazy real quick. I'm going to get really anxious, really fearful, Really, oh my gosh, there's a fire coming, there's a fire coming, there's a fire coming. I'm parched, I'm dry, I'm like, this thing's going to eat me up. It's going to eat my lunch, but I have Jesus. I'm planted by the water. Amen. He's like a tree planted by the water that sends out his roots by the stream. And he does not fear when he comes. Come on, no fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. The only fear we get to have is reverence and awe for who God is. That God will not be mocked. Not fear of judgment. Book of John is so clear on that. We don't have fear of judgment. Jesus has taken our punishment. We don't have fear of judgment. We are not scared about being judged. But we have a holy reverence that God will not be mocked. God is not a genie. God is the real deal. And God will not be mocked. So we treat Him with respect and honor. Amen? It's crazy to sometimes figure out that line because we're in a such an intimate relationship with him but he is God he's still God it's, it's incredible amen I don't want anyone to get scared tonight but he is he is the God who created all of this um, but he wants you all right but don't lose that reverence that awe for who he is 
Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord for those, uh, yeah, he is like a tree planted by water, sends out its root by the stream, it does not fear when he comes, for its leaves remain, what color? Green. I got so many plants for my birthday. One of them nearly died. I sent the person that gave it to me, what's wrong with it? He's like, water. I was like, age. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's all he said, water and a laughing face, so. For its leaves remain green and it is not anxious, come on, not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. It does not cease to bear fruit. It does not cease to bear fruit. So even though there's drought, even though there's a fire, the one that trusts in the Lord, the one that is in the presence of God, the one that is continuously fixated on God and not the problems around them, they will continue to bear fruit even in that season. That's why Paul says we can, we can celebrate in every season. Every season, we're going to bear fruit. Every season, we're going to bear fruit, regardless of what's going on around us, because if we concentrate on God, if we fix our eyes on Jesus, we're going to remain a green tree. Yeah? It's time for the church to get back into the presence of God and stop being shrubs in the desert. I was talking to myself tonight. It's time for us to get back into the presence of God and stop being a shrub in the desert. We don't want to be dry. We don't want to be brittle. We don't want to be in a parched place. We don't want to be worried about a fire. We don't want to be worried about a drought. We want to be a people who understand that we are planted in the Lord, that I can get in the presence of God. I'm like, okay, there's stuff going on, but I'm okay. God's got a plan. God's got a plan for my family. Come on, God's got a plan for my kids. God's got a plan for this city. God's got a plan for this nation. Come on, God is in control. And when we are planted in God, when we're conscious of God, when we've been in the presence of God, we are strengthened. A shrub in the desert is not strong. It has little to no roots. It can be kicked and tossed. And they're actually the things that you see in the Western movies that are like tumbleweeds that are like just blowing around with the wind. They got no root in them. They can't stand. They can't, they can't make a stand. They just get blown to and fro wherever the wind's going. That's not who we are, church. Come on, we're a tree planted by the water. Amen. We can't be drinking from so many cups. We have to drink from the cup that is Jesus. He's the only one who brings refreshment. He's the only one who can actually satisfy our thirst. His name is Jesus. Come on, there's no, no amount of relationship, no amount of success, no amount of cryptocurrency. <laughs> I just seen Clinton spark up then. I don't know if he's invested some this week, but <laughs> Bitcoin is going up, by the way. Uh, but none of that is ever going to bring satisfaction. None of that is ever going to bring strength or refreshment. Our refreshment comes from the Lord. Amen. Okay, drink from the cup that's Jesus. Mm. I believe that God wants us to live a presence-centered life. Amen. He does want us to live a, a life that is centered on His presence because we can continually seek it. We can continually know Him. And by the way, I should have said this right at the start. When I say presence, I'm not talking about some weird, eerie fairy. The presence of God is here. The presence of God means that God is present. It's just, it's who He is. When we talk about presence, we're talking about God Himself being with us, being in us, not some weird thing that gets sent I'm feeling the presence. Well, it's God. Does that make sense? Don't want to separate it and make it some weird thing. It's a person. His name is Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit, right? So 
He wants us to live a present-centered life. Can I finish with one quick analogy? And that is, I believe that we need to start using our gym membership. So random. I know. That's good, right? I just had this picture of... <laughs> I had this picture of... Um, of a gym membership. When we, when we buy a gym membership, most gyms now are 24-7 access, right? Nope, okay. Most gyms now are 24-7. If your gym isn't 24-7, leave it or find one that is. That means you have access at any time to go to the gym. Now, unfortunately, we can have a gym membership that guarantees us 24-7 access whenever we want to go. But we could also say, well, I have this gym membership, I have access, but I don't seem to be get any stronger. That's because when you go to the gym, you walk around it, take some selfies, and don't actually work out. <laughs> but you went to the gym. So a lot of us are living our Christian life in that sense where we have 24 access to God. We're asking the question, why am I not strong? Well, you actually have to show up. You actually have to show up. Not show up to church. Show up in your bedroom. Show up in your car. Show up on your way to work. Put some worship on. God, can I just become aware of you right now? Thank you for your presence. I thank you that you're here. It's, just, it's, it's, it's starting to shift your mindset from a visitation from God into a lifestyle of knowing God. Because God is really interested and being part of all your life. I had this amazing moment out on the deck with God before my day started, and I was like, this is amazing. And then God's like, well, does it have to stop? And I'm like, well, yeah, it does, because I'm going out for lunch with my family. I'm going to move on. I'm going to do some other stuff. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do all this stuff. And God's like, I want to be in all of it, Corey. Wow. Okay. Really simple. We all know it. Theology. Theology. Can't even say it. Doctrinally. We all know that God's always with us. But how many of us have actually activated the gym membership and been like, yeah, okay, God's actually with me right now. Okay, what's he saying? What's he doing? What does he want me to know? What are the lies I'm believing? How does he feel about this person I'm about to meet? What does he want to say to them? What's God doing? What does he want to show me about my parenting right now? What does he want to show me about my marriage? What does he want me to show me that I'm hanging with my family? What does he want my kids to know? What does he, does... God's up in all of that. He actually cares about that stuff. Do you know how, how much simpler life becomes when you actually understand God actually wants to do life with you? And that He's right there in your home and He's right there in your workplace and He's right there in your car? Amazing. We have access, but we take it for granted. And we wonder why we're not strong. But it says to seek the presence of God continually. Seek His strength. Where do you find His strength? You find His strength in His presence. Read your Bible in His presence. No point doing it outside of it. All you've done is tick a box. I've had to retrain myself. Holy Spirit, you wrote this. You're with me right now when I read it. I don't want to get through my Bible reading plan today. I actually want to hear you. Okay, God, that just sets me up. Okay, now, now I'm aware that God is here and God wants to speak to me. Open my journal. I date the thing. All right, God, what do you want to say? I'm in anticipation. God's here. Amen? We could just come to church. We could just come tonight. Be like, okay, I've been to church tonight. Or we could be like, God, I want to encounter you. 
Thank you, God, that you're in this room. Thank you, God, you wanna speak to me tonight. For some reason, I'm here. And you got something to say to me. So what are you saying to me tonight? What do you want me to know? What, do you, what, what, what are your thoughts towards me? Because apparently you have more than the sands of the seashore, so I'd like to know a couple. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? But we think that that's like foreign, once in a lifetime, guest speaker, guest, guest, guest prophet rolls into town. I'm gonna get to hear God, what God thinks about me. No, get in the presence of Jesus. I'm not against that stuff. I, I believe that God does that to open up and do all that stuff, but I just believe that it's gotta be more than just an event-based life. It has to be a lifestyle, aware of God, understanding that He's with us. Amen. And we focus on the good stuff. Amen. By the way, that's not just positive thinking. That's not a TED talk. Focused on Jesus, on the great things, the good things of Jesus. All right? Not just, oh, yeah. <laughs> just got my head in the sand and just trying to be positive. <laughs> no, no, no. That won't last very long. Jesus will last forever. Amen. All right, God, thank you for letting me waffle tonight. And uh, I pray, oh, God, we'd just be more aware of your presence. Lord, as we leave tonight, we would um, encounter you afresh. God, help us to continually seek you. Yeah. Even the words of Jesus that I only say what I hear the Father saying do what I see him do. That right there is Jesus, the Son of God, just being conscious and aware of what God wants to do and say. And I thank you, Lord, that you have given us the same model. You've given us the Holy Spirit who reveals the deep things of God. And so I thank you, Lord, that we're not just blind walking around trying to figure out what you're up to. There's even that beautiful scripture, Lord, that says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends because servants don't know what I'm doing. There is a level of intimacy where we actually get to be friends with you, to know your heart, to know your will, to be with you, to have communion with you. Such a great privilege, such a great honor. God, we just make that declaration tonight that we will um, we're going to start using that that gym card today tonight we're going to start using it we know it's going to be a process and it's going to be times where we go spend time with you and it feels like we're speaking to the ceiling feels hard feels like nothing's happening but God we go in faith because faith is greater than feelings faith goes first faith is what we walk by, not by sight. But we, God, we know that you're faithful to meet us every time. So God, we thank you for your voice. Thank you for your touch. Thank you for your word. Thank you for communion. Thank you for covenant. We just say, have your way in us. Lord, as that Jesus Culture song says, let us become more aware of your presence. Let us become aware that we are homes, not hotels. So God, thank you for your people tonight. 
Thank you for the honor of carrying your presence, knowing you, being with you. I don't know if you are in the room tonight, but as well, every saint is praying. If you don't know Jesus, I can tell you right now that He wants a relationship with you. So much so that He sent, came to earth, gave His life upon the cross so He could be in covenant and relationship with us. The Bible says that if we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth, we shall be saved. And Unfortunately, I don't have time to go over what we preached this morning, but Jesus says you have to be born again, to be born of water and spirit. And so you have to come and acknowledge your need for a Savior. Repent of your sin and um, allow Jesus to come and make you clean and make you whole. His, heart, his arms are outstretched towards you tonight. There's an opportunity right now. I know most people in the room, but I was in a service like this and I actually went to three services that day before someone gave an opportunity for me to know Jesus. So it's a core value of who we are as a church. We exist to see souls saved. So if that's you and you're like, I want to know Jesus, you may not even understand it all, but you're like, I, I need I need salvation. I need this Jesus that you're talking about. If that's you, just lift your hand right now and say, yeah, that's me. I want to know Jesus. If that's you, just lift your hand and say, yeah, I'm responding to the call. It's not the lifting of the hand that will save you. It's just an act of faith. It's just so we know who we're praying for. If that's you, just lift your hand. Thank you, bro. Anyone else would say, yeah, that's me. I want to give my life to him. I want to know him. That's you, just lift your hand and say, yeah, it's me. Amen. All right. Done deal. That's it. Another week down. Another. Oh, wow. Just heads up on my wife, guys. Micah literally just power chucked all through the front of the car. So praise God that I'm not there to clean that up. Amen. <laughs> joking, I'm joking. I would help. I would help. Was it my car? Oh, it was my car. Bless him. God, we just pray for Micah right now. We thank you, Lord, for healing upon his body. Lord, we just command that stomach bug to go, whatever it is. And we just thank you, Lord, that you are our healer. You care. Lord, you heal everything from cancer to stomach bugs to flus to migraines. God, you are a God who heals. So we just thank you, Lord, for healing upon him and healing upon any other person that needs it. Lord, in this room or knows of someone who's represented, we thank you. By your stripes, we are healed. And we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Okay, guys, no songs. I've got to get home, clean up this mess. So <laughs> why don't we stand and... Uh, I think we're good. I think we're just, is that right? You guys have done a good job and I'm just going to awkwardly finish like I usually do. So, Hey, uh, have an incredible week. If you need prayer for anything, love to pray with you. And um, 